uh, it's a it's that drummer projection. Yeah. You're like, oh, uh, yeah, you're like, he's probably like screaming over those symbols. So that's mm-hmm. what he's used to. Uh, cool, man. We're hanging out. Uh, Red River podcast episode 122, which is crazy because uh, I don't know. That sounds like a lot. So it does. Right. But spread too out. Many. Yeah, too many. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? This might be the last one. So you never no. know. Uh, yo, Rick Jimenez is back in the house for episode, uh, the third episode that you're in. Um, it's been a minute, so fucking what's up? Yo, my dog is sick. My dog has kennel cough, I think. Ooh. Mm. The hell's that? Yeah. Okay, so I never had to bring my dog anywhere to, like, stay overnight or even for a while because where I lived, it always made sense that either me or my fiance, even if we were working, we could check in on him. But I had to move to Stanford about a month ago. Stanford, what? I li- yeah, oh I shit! In Connecticut right now. What? Oh, damn. Oh. Yeah. You heard it here first. Exclusive. Yeah. So that was a thing that happened. On like, um, it got brought up. My fiance manages, um, like apartment buildings, like these big like luxury things. So we were living in one, <clears throat> which is so funny because it's like, um, it's for like fucking rich. We were in Glen Cove. So it's like rich people who live on the water and have money. And then, you know, my fiance is like a completely regular member of society. And then it's, you know, me and my dog. And my dog is so Puerto Rican also. Yeah. <laughs> so we did not fit in there at all. And I went in there like trying not to have an attitude because why go into a situation trying to have it, you know, exuding an attitude just because I know everybody thinks that they're better than me there. And they are. Hmm. Um, Real quick, what what are, what are your favorite? Uh, what's what's your dog's favorite type of empanada? <laughs> Dude, it's a regular beef. Okay, good. It's the cheapest. I right. was just making sure. I wasn't sure. Um, you know what? Nobody cares about my backstory. She got transferred while I was on tour, and I was only going to be home for um, I think eight or nine days. So this was like three days before a tour ended. So by the time I got home, she was packing up and we had to move within that time from Glen Clove, Glen Cove to Stanford, Connecticut before I left for another tour. It's fucking weird here. Dude, I'm six miles away from the New York border, but I feel like I'm in a different world. Yeah. I so I was listening to to the the slashers, thrashers, and you know, the the tournament that you guys were doing. And you were like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, recording from Connecticut. And I was like, I, is that some type of like joke or something? Like, I thought it was like an extinction AD joke or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't sound like Glenn Coves, but uh, yeah, man, I guess uh, welcome to the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we had to bring my dog to the, um, I, I don't know, doggy daycare, whatever the, I, I, I don't, what do you call those places? They watch your dog. Yeah. 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 Where they watch. Yeah. Dog. So I had to go to, I go to long Island once a week, at least still for practice and training um, and all that shit. And we don't live at the building. My fiance is managing now because the building is not even um, like fully built yet. So um, I should have had to bring the dog to like a doggy daycare for like six hours until um, my fiance was off work like oh this is nice he loves hanging out with other people and other dogs and everything and now he has this like <clears throat> i was like yo wow what the fuck is that wow. so um i sent a video to our long island vet um 
And he's like, yo, dude, that's fucking kennel cough. Oof. I was like, what the fuck? What do I do? So I called the place that I brought him to initially the other day because they also have a hospital there. And he just got like dog flu vaccine um, because he's mad at uh, John Joseph also. So he's <laughs> like, but I got uh, who knows, man. Now he's uh, he's all coughed out. So I'm going to. Br- so I called them and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't take him today. I was like, you motherfuckers. So once we're done with this, I'm going to bring him to the uh, the walk in clinic because he, you know, you know, he's Puerto Rican. Yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> I know your dog definitely Puerto Rican. Don't have insurance. I get it. Uh, yeah, as, his as, name is Paco. Wow, as, I never heard of that. As a Colombian, as a Colombian, uh, we definitely don't have insurance either over here. So, mm-hmm. uh, but just out of curiosity, what's your favorite? What's your dog's favorite uh, Cro-Mags album? <laughs> Dude, it's Best Wishes. Okay, just making sure. All right, just throwing it out there. So, uh, yeah. So you you put up something on your Facebook which I could relate to because. Um, man, I just feel like, you know, some people, some of us are out here trying to live our best life. And I really loved what you wrote where you put this past seven months of my life have been some of the most gratifying ever four tours, two albums, two moves, three videos and a bunch of toys. I'll never retire, which I feel extinction AD forever, which I feel, uh, gratitude to friends. Definitely vengeance to enemies. Absolutely. Now I will, (laughs) now I will celebrate WrestleMania and get married. So, man, I, I just feel like that that's a good basis for like what we're going to talk about. So, uh, man, Extinction AD is kind of like crushing it. Yeah. And you guys have been around for a while, but like, what's it like for a band that plays aggressive music that's never going to be like, you know, you're never going to be top. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're playing pop music to, to basically grind out and do what you're doing. And I feel like in a way, like things are kind of like paying off, right? You know, it does feel like that. And I try to not take it for granted. Not sure. only, obviously everything I just wrote on that internet, I'm, I don't take anything for granted. What I try not to do is get sucked into the, well, what's next? Like how much more can we push this in um, a compulsive way? Compulsive way? I don't want to be obsessed with um, the next step at the expense of the moment, especially after starting what is to me still like a new band, even though we've been together for uh, whatever that math is. Oh, dude, it's coming up on 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I think nine because nine is what I calculated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, June 2013 is essentially the, the first month of the band. But it still feels like the new band and, you know, we're still like on an, an ascent, I guess, even though it's a long and slow ascent and we're nowhere close to where we, you know, would like to be. But at the same time, the progress we've made in just the past seven or eight months dwarfs the first, I guess, eight years of the band. Um, that's, so that's, I, I, that's what it looks like from the outside, to be honest with you, yeah. It, dude, it's how it feels too. It feels like this is something we do for fun and we push it as much as we can within the boundaries of people's availability. Yep. As well as the metal world is just so different from the hardcore punk world where we come from as far as grinding in bands. You know, we were all metal kids first. And then once we started doing bands that could, you know, play a show or five or you go to New Jersey. Oh, Let's go down to Florida. Let's do a full tour. That all happened with punk and hardcore bands. Doing that in the middle world is just, it should be more similar, 
but it really just absolutely is not. You can't just, oh, like we're going to play in Kentucky and people are going to show up because, oh, it's the metal show. No, people do that with the hardcore show. Oh, I'm going to see the hardcore show. There might be a band or two of locals and there might be some touring bands. Dude, I want it to be like that with metal because it should. And at this point, metal needs that more than hardcore does. Not that hardcore doesn't. It's a principal uh, part of hardcore to have that scene. But hardcore in some ways is a bigger deal now than, than metal is. You know, uh, the the heavy bands in hardcore are, you know, I guess, quote unquote, bigger. And I mean this, uh, if you take the legacy bands out of it, you know, sure. we're, let, we're, obviously we're not going to talk about fucking Slayer anymore because they don't do it anymore. Um, Metallica is a, a different level of thing. So yep. uh, who are we talking about? Anthrax and Testament, Exodus and, you know, the same four and Death Angel, same four bands that tour together constantly and won't take out any other bands. What's underneath them? Like. Well, Lamb of God and Municipal Waste and stuff. The top of the top, okay. Those bands can go head-to-head or maybe might be a step above the bigger hardcore bands, but might not even. Dude, Code Orange still kills it. Um, Warbringer. Um, and even a band like, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep this short. I'm already going. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, but um, like like I said, Warbringer, I think, is one of those I bands I think it also too, has like- to do, like, Metal's got so many sub, like, where hardcore, you know, not yeah. that I'm generalizing hardcore, no, you're but right, you know, right. if you got hardcore, you, you get a gist of it where yeah. if a, a thrash band versus, you know, like, you know, a, a something on the lighter spectrum, like a haired actor versus a death metal band, it's very like, if you just like death metal, you might not like this other thing, but yet they fall under the metal umbrella, you know, maybe that's it. I totally agree. And hardcore is in some ways, some ways, not all at all, in some ways more accepting of uh, the umbrella of hardcore. Hey, if it's under the umbrella of hardcore, it's hardcore. Let's have a good time. Awesome. So, so great. Um, I wish hardcore would have been like that when I was more active in hardcore as opposed to now. um, I, I guess I'm like a spectator. And even though I would love for my band to be you know, to play hardcore shows, to be accepted, we're not. And that's fine. I, you know, I, I don't need to get into that. Um, so metal needs to be accepting in that way also. Now, if there's bigger metal bands going on tour, taking out all these other different types of genres, it's all good. When, uh, the tour we just did, that Cattle Decapitation tour. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was a killer tour. Yeah, and it was the closest two bands on that tour were cattle decapitation and creeping death because they both fit into the, you know, death metal. And even those bands are two very different sounding bands. We are way different than both of those bands. And then even more and more different, the last 10 seconds of life. So you have four totally different types of metal bands. Everybody's coming to see, if not just cattle decapitation, one of the other three and everyone's having a good time. Now, if we play a local metal show, and it is us and um, three other locals that are also metal bands. Uh, it's not as, it's not as, oh, well, I just went to a metal show. I'm going to hang out and check out everybody. You will have, oh, well, you know, I'm more of a thrash kid. So I came for the one thrash metal band that played second. And then I'm going to fucking bounce. Like, oh, I'm a death metal guy. So I came for the direct support band who's a local. After they're done, I'm going to take off. Um or even like, well, I came to see Extinction AD. I've never heard of these other local bands. Uh, maybe I'll show up and catch the band right before them, but I'm going to miss the locals. 
and I would like to think that we encourage I don't even want to say our fans. That sounds so fucking corny. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody likes your band yeah. and you don't know them personally, sure. I mean, I, I, they're a fan. So valid, I, would like to hope, I would like to hope that we encourage our fans to, yo, any band that's heavy at all or any band that we're playing with, we endorse. So come out to the whole show, please. Um, how we got onto this, uh, I don't know. No, I don't, no oh, that's so the, the grind, the grind. Yeah, the grind. So, dude, you know what it, long story short or long story long it took us signing with the right label to push us properly and all all we needed was the right label to tell other people that we couldn't reach hey i know there's a million other metal bands we endorse this one eh, give them a shot now the label that we're on unique leader records right now which is like a almost exclusively death metal and like tech metal label which we are neither of those things but people were very open to giving us a shot just because, oh, they're on Unique Leader Records. Let me give a shot. And we got so much of, well, I don't normally listen to, you know, insert whatever genre tag we get at the moment. But this band is really cool, which is, dude, w- what more could you ask for? All what, I ever yeah. want as a musician is an opportunity. An opportunity. Yeah. And an open ear. And um, it's been working out really well. And we've been not just enjoying like, oh, that hard work pays off. Cause it's not really about that. It's, oh, it's so cool that people will listen to us and be like, hey, that is actually cool. Because yeah. I just want to have fun with other people while having fun with my band, playing these songs that are fun after I get over complaining about how difficult they are to play. <laughs> no, no. I'll tell it, you it, too, there's been like, it seems like, I mean, a concerted effort like if you any news article that comes out blabbermouth loudwire or whatever extinction ad is like the first comment saying some like you guys are always out there seems so like on every article and that's you know you see if you see that name over and over again you might be like hey let me click on this see what's up you know i hope so because dude i hate being obnoxious on the <laughs> internet you have but, you have to be because it's it, the uh, same it, it's like i'm i'm currently in a band and that's what it is like every day i do it's like the same regiment and obviously we don't tour so to me like i have to definitely do it all the time just to constantly be in people's faces it's like okay there's a new video it's like i'm sure like all my friends are like oh who gives a fuck but like (laughs) you know like when like when we just played like the the last big show we played was at starland to people that we don't even know we've never met and they fucking embraced us because they had they had no idea who they were they weren't my friends jaded there looking like hey man that's really cool you guys are playing this it's like no it's like i don't know who this band is but this is a lot of fun and like you said it's a matter of opportunity i always said if you hit play and hate it at least you hit play you know and that's (laughs) all i want i want you know like if if 100 people hit play and 90 of them hate it I'm fucking with those 10 that, you know, that, that like it, you know, dude. And when you think about it, especially coming from any type of humble beginnings musically, which, you know, almost everybody in the world does. So no, you know, nobody should take offense to that. 10 people, you put out a new video. Yeah. Like you said, 10. Per- <clears throat> That's definitely kind of cough. Definitely yeah. Kind of cough. <laughs> Um, definitely a puerto rican dog coffee yeah yeah yeah. there's some white people outside my window (laughs) um it's a german shepherd so um oh my god hey paco chill out hey 
so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Um, if 5% of the people that even listen to your band once stick with it and you know, say that that's 5% out of a thousand. So what is that? 50 people? Yeah. Dude, 50 people coming to a show and having is a good a time. a big deal. That is so, so really fucking cool. And um, let me chill him out real quick. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys watch that document? I just started on Tubi. Some direct-to-video 90s. Yeah, yeah. You watch that, right? I yeah. just started it last night. Just yeah, popped yeah. up in like. I rented it before it even hit Tubi. Yo, I'm so sorry. No, no, yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, just like like you were saying, uh, those 50 people, man. Dude, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And for us, especially when we would tour, uh, dude, even when we play Long Island, but specifically when we were tour, it's kind of if we're not supporting, well, let's just go out there because we got to do something and see what happens. And you always try to have as much fun as possible. But sometimes it's always. a bummer. Not because, oh, we're not big and popular. It's not even that. Like, I want to at least have fun first and yep. foremost. And when there's 15 people at the show that aren't in the bands and none of them seem like they even actually want to be there, it's just not fun um, for us or them. So hmm. when after we signed and put out the EP and then the full length where we were playing like a headlining show and it didn't feel like, oh, we're just playing last. It felt like, oh, we are headlining and it's not a big crowd, but it makes sense that we're playing last and yeah. people came <laughs> yeah. here for us. And it's like, dude, there's 60 people here outside of the bands Fuck and yeah. 40 of them yeah. came for us. And 15 of those people are losing their minds and we're in uh, fucking Oklahoma. Like, yeah. dude, that that is worlds away from where we were even let's say you know the december 2019 you know before the world shut down um and it's it's so encouraging and the most important part it makes all of it so much more fun yeah no it was the most surprising gig you had like the town you rolled up into and you were you were uh, really surprised and psyched about the turnout after we did the cattle decapitation tour in Fe january and february we played four shows on the way home because the tour ended in Phoenix, I believe. We played a show in uh, West Texas, like Central Texas, and then two shows in um, Tennessee, opposite sides mm -hmm. of Tennessee. And every show I was nervous about because we had just come off a six-week support tour where – the smallest crowd that we played to was probably like 200 kids or 200 adults mm -hmm. and great response. Lots of fun. It's like, Oh, back to reality, headlining shows. Um, I wish I remember the town. It was some town, maybe Lubbock, you know, bordering, um, New Mexico. And I was like, dude, this is going to be so shot. Like the PA is shot. We're in, you know, a hollowed out, uh, former storefront. Now just this, west texas um warehouse and every time a band there was uh, three support bands every band more people would show up and i was waiting like well the direct support band this band called bleak super super cool and interesting band young kids so they're 
absorbing these influences that are very um, late 90s and early 2000s mm -hmm. and across the whole gamut of music, kind of like um, some like late 90s emo end, like almost like metalcore and some like quicksand influence all the way to like a bit of new metal influence. Like, so on paper, I was like, this sounds like it's really going to be some whack bullshit. And these kids are young, like, what the fuck? And they were so good. And the crowd was so psyched. I was like, oh, that's who everyone's here for. Like, yeah. oh, well, yeah. let's get ready to play to the four people that fucking <laughs> remain once this band that sounds nothing like us just, like, blew us out of the water already. Which is a good, uh, you know, conclusion. Like, I'd be thinking the same thing. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, all right, whatever. We just did six weeks of a great support tour. We have four shows and we're going to go home for um, a, a week and, or a week and a half or so. So I was like, yo, let's set up really fast so we can start before anybody gets a chance to leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we set up and not only is nobody leaving, like more people are coming in. I was like, what the fuck? And then we start playing and the place goes nuts. I was like, I don't think I've ever even played wherever we were at McAllen or Lubbock or I don't know, West Texas. Uh, I, I swear we passed the, um, the church where Kill Bill got married on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the place went nuts. And I was like, I'd never even been to this specific <laughs> city or town with this is hell. Not that that has any crossover anymore at this point, but like, you know, sometimes yeah. it like makes me feel better. Like, well, you know, we played the 20 people with this as hell. So maybe four people show up. Um, and it was, it was rad. The next day we were in, um, I think central Texas or, or, or something. Um, show gets canceled as we're rolling into town. We're like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, this sucks. Like we're on our way home. We have long drives, yada, yada. Uh, one of the kids in the band's like, hey, we're going to just do it at our practice space, which is, you know, our drummer's house. I was like, all right. And yeah, well, better than a day off. Oh, yeah. Um, so we do that. Should have sucked. Was awesome. Yeah. Go into, um, actually, you know what? That was the, okay, yeah, that is the same tour. Dude, we, all these tours are starting to blur together. Jesus Christ. It's like, all right, cool. That That was fun every night the next two nights it was the same thing and not only that we were playing with different types of bands every day so i know um the next day we were in um we played chattanooga one day and we played um somewhere else in tennessee the, the other day one of the days we played with uh, a thrash band and two hip-hop acts and then one day we played with a hardcore band and then this kind of like indie it essentially was like an indie band that also sounded like the doors. Okay. Just like, wow. but yeah. instead of it being like, what, who the fuck are we playing with? It was like, yo, who the fuck are we playing with? This <laughs> is rad. And it in fact was rad, but going back to the Jesus Christ, I'm just rambling. It, we, we've been it's talking not, for an hour. No, nah, it's good. No. Nah, um, yeah. I mean, it's your, it, this is this. I mean, no one wants to hear us talk. <laughs> Even the show we played with the two hip hop acts, there were people that you just go and you, you look at, you know, the way people are dressed and you're like, oh, well, some people are here for them and some people are here for us. And then it's like, yo, that is not the case at all. And I was like, 
maybe I'm up my own ass with this, which I'm fully willing to accept, but I like to think musically, hey, hey cool, you know, we play um, all different types of heavy music, but like, ah, you're just a thrash band, oh, you're just a metal band, you're a whatever, don't care, cool with all of it. I like to think lyrically, especially on these last two things, like, hey, maybe we have a bit more appeal and not saying like, oh, we're going to cross over to any mainstream thing, but just to other types of people. Yeah. Lyrically, we're not just your typical, especially not a typical thrash band, in my opinion, my skewed. My, my, opinion, opinion. my opinion, too, because I want to bring up 1992 in a little bit. Okay, cool. But then I was like, after seeing like, if I go into a show and no more playing with two rap guys and, and girls and I feel weird saying artists or acts, but they're not bands. It's like, you know, rappers, I guess. I, yeah. Saying rapper is such an old guy. Ra <laughs> no, we play with two rappers. I mean, that's what they are. They're rappers. <laughs> if they're rapping, they're rappers. So knowing that we're playing with two sets of rappers, you could see like that looks like a straight up hip hop kid. That looks like a chick who only listens to rap. And then, no, they're fucking here for us. Like, how did that happen? And it's like, maybe it's more than just, oh, they play fast with some breakdowns. Like, maybe it really is, like, our lyrical message also. I, I think it's beyond that because, like, if you look at, like, me and Langan, like, me and Langan will be, I, you know, it's like, like, I I have my Ozzy, you know, he's got his possessed, right? Is that what you're wearing? I don't even yeah. know. I can't even tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we will be at Rock the Bells or we'll be, like, just what, like, we grew up listening to everything, you yeah. know? So it's it's, to us, it's like, that kind of makes sense to me. You know, it's like where these, especially these kids that just like grew up with the internet, it's like, it's like, all right, I'm going to listen to fucking, you know, thrash. And then I'm going to listen to this. And I'm going to like, my playlist is like ridiculous. Yeah. Like I have fucking Will Smith's daughter on, on it. Like <laughs> that, that was like my favorite song of like last year. But then like, you know, like uh, just, I, I listen I listened to 10 songs in a row that you would think I would like. Just I, I think it's more in people. common now like we i think we talked about this before with christian hand that he was mentioning a point where uh you know kids go on youtube and they might have duran duran with you know some like metallica after or whatever they, it's not so like that was yeah. my dad's music and this is my yeah. music that's the way it was growing up and I'm a, yeah yeah growing up and and when i remember going to selden middle school and you couldn't like like there was like the new kids on the block people. There was the technotronic <laughs> pump up the jam people. And then the, there was the skid row people. You couldn't even. There was a crew of people just about technotronic. Yo, there was. <laughs> this, this, this beat is. This beat is technotronic. Yo, that's what it was. But, you know, and then skid row was like, you know, then there was a rumor. It's like I heard skid row beat up the new kids on the block. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> but, dude. Even when it's accepted to, oh, I listen to all these types of things, it's very difficult unless you're in one of those gigantic festivals yeah. to see on a, in a small show all on one show. Sure. And we had a lot of that, and I'm really, really excited about that and that prospect moving forward where you know we will request that. We're going to do um, – well, we have two headline shows in May, um, one we're working on in June. Um so we don't have any long full tours coming up, but we request that from the promoters. Like, yo, you don't have to just listen to us and be like, well, what bands do we have in the area that sound just like this? Put them on. Like, dude, that's so boring. And people think that that's boring at this point too, which I appreciate. I don't want to go and see the same band four times yeah. in one show anymore. Um, 
So that's really fun to not just feel gratified that people are coming to our shows to see all the bands, but people are also coming to see us, even if it's a small amount, but to know that, hey, we want to have more of an inclusive environment and that people are getting behind that as well. Absolutely. E even like when, when I book a show or like I used to book them more back when, like if there was like four rock bands, you know, on the show, like in between, I would play hip hop just because mm -hmm. it just breaks it up. It's like, like I just saw quicksand at this space in Brooklyn and they played with battles and it was cool. Like it was just a great venue, but in between they played like legit, like tribe called quest, like Wu Tang, everyone's mentally on that plane. And then when the band played, it was just fucking full on distortion. And it was just, you get like that flavor of like, okay, like we're going to rock out. And then from here, everyone was going to chill, hang out, have a conversation, then back to the show. Uh, you know, I love that shit. Um, so, yo, unique leader, like, like these days, like we always wonder, like, what does a label specifically do? You know, because I feel like there's so many DIY tools at our disposal that, you know, if, 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 I mean, listen, obviously not everyone could do everything, but uh, like, how are they really like helping you? You know, like, uh, is it like with tours, like promo, like, like what exactly does a label do for you specifically this year? It's a little multifaceted and it's really cool because a lot of things have like worked the way I've wished labels had worked back in the day when labels were more important than they are now. Yeah. Yep. So first off especially well this kind of goes with heavy music in general where people want that endorsement to know that it's okay for them to check something out and then to talk about it and even though like well who needs a record label in 2022 like well a lot of times the people who are saying that who aren't in bands yo motherfucker you're the one because you're not going to just check out random band from Bandcamp. you're going to wait till a you know label that has other bands that you've already liked and whether that's the chicken and the egg thing who knows says hey uh we endorse this band so maybe you'll like them too because that is dude that has been so much the case with us like i good fight we did an ep and two records on good fight those guys are cool uh they just weren't in the world musically where we are you know it's kind of they were more in the metalcore tip and not metalcore that was even transitioning to any type of heavy metal. It was straight up like kind of skipped traditional hardcore journey and then found metalcore and like, oh yeah, you know, metalcore, like that's kind of my hardcore. That's kind of was the extent of Good Fight's reach. So anybody who was into that label is going to check us out and be like, you know, I, I've never even heard kill them all so why would i care about these guys yeah wow interesting Which, um so unique leader like i said we don't sound any in all actuality we might sound less like a unique leader band than we do a good fight band maybe equally sore thumb but at least hey we're we're a metal band like well i like tech metal and i like death metal like if unique leader says these guys are cool let me check it out and then we're playing fast and then have like a New York flavored metal beat down. Like, well, this isn't exactly what I normally listen to, but man, this is cool. And I also want to, you know, speed into a brick wall while listening to this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so that endorsement, which shouldn't really mean things as like evolved humans in 2022, it sure fucking does. Now, 
a thing that people don't think record labels still do, which I also don't didn't think record labels still do. And now I know that they still do. Uh, they give us too much money for some reason that I don't know. And I'm not going to fucking question. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, they paid for this record and we do everything budget because I only do things budget, you know, absolutely. Yeah. An annoying extent that like, I'm stupid cheap because I just, I've never known any better. So having a regular person as a fiance, she still doesn't understand like, why aren't we getting like the good chicken instead of getting the like, you know, uh, the, the chick like, yo, if this weighs two pounds and it's not even frozen and it only costs $4, like it's probably not good chicken. Like, no, no, that's what makes it better. We can get and, more. And, and most importantly, you don't look like me. So you look like you. So she can't <laughs> even argue. She'd be like, you're going to argue with this Python right here. <laughs> so we even go into, um, Long story short, we started recording the record before COVID when we were still on Good Fight, um, got dropped by Good Fight during COVID. I did most of the, I did all of the stringed instrument recording on my own at my old place during COVID. Um, eventually, we went back into the studio to finish the record on Unique Leaders Dime. So we already had a very low budget uh, because we're cheap. And because of that, they were like, all right, cool. You guys want to do a video and the typical thing, Hey, put out like a, a lyric video and then uh, another single on Spotify and then a regular video, then we'll put out the record. Um, and they gave us the budget for the video. We're like, yo, fuck it. We'll do two videos for that budget. They're like, all right. Fuck yeah. Um, and then just, Hey, we know this guy, we know this guy, we got like a real deal like Hollywood commercial dude who was a, who is a friend of our bass player. Like, yo, I want to do your video. Like, well, this is our budget. He's like, if you can get X amount more, I will do, um, I think on paper, it was like a $60,000 video that we wound up doing for like two grand. From was that, was that collusion? No, no, that was a $0 video that we did on, um, in our drummer's driveway. Okay. So I want to bring uh, that up. That that's pretty brilliant. <laughs> the culture of violence video. Okay. Um, which we did in the warehouse with like real lighting and like really huge cameras and we're able to do like walking shots down the road and shit. Um, we did that video for $2,000. So even then, like going back and asking the label, like, Hey, we're going to do this video that, you know, it's going to be a bit more expensive, but here's the breakdown of what it should cost. This is what we can get it for. They're like, all right, cool. And the next morning, we just had more money in our bank account. Like, what the fuck? Now I know some people are being like, oh, so you got an extra $500 to do a video? Like, that's not a big deal. To me, somebody just gave us $2,000 to record a video. Like, the, that's a fucking big fuck? deal. Yeah. Like, that's, Dude, to me, it's, it's a it's huge a fucking, deal. it's a, trust me, it's a, it's a big fucking deal for sure. No one's given anyone anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just this, we had the promo from the EP. We record the EP um, on our own real quick. We're shopping it around as a demo. That's what we got signed to Unique Leader on. And they're like, yo, this sounds great. Let's put this out as an EP before the full length. Hey, here it is. Um, no overhead whatsoever. Um, and they just pay these bills. You know, not that we're racking up huge bills, but for us, like we've never not paid a bill out of our own pocket or, you know, like, hey, let's hustle and do a month of headline shows, even though nobody's showing up because we're nobodies but we'll make a little bit of money to pay to 
make a video or to record another record or whatever. Um, so all of that, and they know what they're doing. And by the time the record came out, like our, before we signed with Unique Leader, we were stuck at the high 300s as far as like monthly listeners on Spotify. And at our peak, we were like 21,000 monthly listeners, which is actually yeah. a daily listeners thing. There's, I don't know how the fuck that thing works. Neither now, granted, do I, but yeah, like it's, that's like definitely. I saw when you guys were like 21K, I was like, holy shit. And the hype of the record has been out for over a month. It's died down tremendously. But at the same time, like, I know I could personally say, and to my other three guys, we were stuck at 300 and change for years. And then for a month, 21,000 people listened to our band. Like, that, dude, that's, that's fucking amazing. I didn't think 21,000 people would ever pay attention in any way, shape, or form to anything I even remotely had a hand in, whether that's music, um, you know, crashing the van into a fucking stop sign and 21,000 people had to look at it and be like, what asshole crashed into this stop sign? Which I'd never crash into a stop sign, but you know what I'm saying. Yet, yet. Let's just throw, let's throw that yet in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, so that is definitely what a label could do for you, for sure. I mean, e even like I know that, um, you know, it's just uh, definitely anytime you get more eyeballs, like I said before, as long as people have the opportunity to like hit play and love it or hate it, that's fucking fantastic. And uh, dude, it opened up some doors. We wouldn't be playing Welcome to Rockville Fest. In amazing. May. What a fucking line. Like, who are you most psyched to see that day? I'm almost embarrassed because I've seen them a bunch and sure. I know that they're terrible, but I'm, ex <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to see 2022 Megadeth. And also Megadeth <laughs> is the last of the big four on my checklist. Never played with Megadeth before. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So we got asked to play that. Like, who the fuck do we think we are? And it's like, Oh, you know what? It'll be a huge drive. We'll make no money. We'll play first on the shittiest stage. Worth it. Who cares? And yeah. then once we got the lineup, we're not playing in a shitty spot. We're not playing on a shitty stage. Like, yo, we're being treated like an up and coming real band. We got asked to play that Pure Filth Festival in Amazing. Um, June, which we just got an email. Hey, I can't find your booking agent, but uh, you know, I saw your email on Instagram. I'm booking this show with Exodus, Municipal Waste, and Integrity. Can you guys play? I said, yeah, you can't find our booking agent because we don't fucking have one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we'll play. And it's like, same thing. All right, we'll show up really early. We'll open. They get us, give us the um, lineup. We're not even fucking opening. Like, no. who the yeah. fuck do we think we are? And I don't know who these people think we are, but we'll just write it because we're having fun and we appreciate it. And not even as a status thing, just guess what? It's so much more f fun playing second than it is playing first. Yeah, no, that's, that's, and honestly, the, the, the biggest revelation about that show is I had no idea that there was a Liverpool in New York. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was like, Liverpool. I'm like, yo, they're going across the, the pond. I'm like, these guys are killing it. And they're yeah, like, that's New where York. the, uh, that's where the shitty Beatles <laughs> are from. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that lineup, is ridiculous and just i mean like i would imagine most of us would just go to the show anyway and it's like oh do you want to play too it's like fuck yeah i'm like we'll go fucking play we'll fucking hang out so yeah man that's that's killer and uh i really wanted to touch on like the the a couple of the videos real quick which i'm sure we, we've all seen and we all love uh the collusion one 
right? Pretty fucking brilliant, right? I, I think I told Parker, right? Didn't we talk mm-hmm. about that video? Yeah. Um, what a fucking really cool idea to have almost like a, a, a an action movie video on a budget <laughs> because it was like, all right, how do we shoot the car scenes? It's like, ah, let's just do it with toys. So who the fuck came up with that idea? And also that might be my favorite extinction AD song. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think it was a bit of a collaborative thought process because how many more times can we go into a dark room and play guitars and like, no, oh, I'm, I'm pissed, <laughs> which, <laughs> Hey, cool. And on brand, but like, we knew this was going to be, um, a new release. We didn't even know exactly what it was going to be used on when we filmed the video. We filmed the video before we even signed with unique leader records. Um, but we're like, you know what? We chose the getting dropped by good fight through the pandemic. It was kind of like a fork in the road. Like, yo, who knows what the fuck is happening with the world and with music and touring and everything. We could either just call it a day. Hey, this was a lot of fun, but like, we haven't practiced in months. We have a half finished album. Uh, we got dropped from the label. You know, we're kind of, we've been treading water for so long as it is. Do we just give up? Because if we don't give up, we have to double down. And how how the fuck are we going to double down when we can't even tour or play shows or practice? Like, And there's four of you, which is always the case with a band, and everyone needs to be on that page. It, yeah. So we had um, like a, a Zoom uh, with us and Pete, our ex-bass player, who's still very involved in the band, and Travis, who was uh, in This Is Hell, who's like our well now he's like officially our manager but he's always been like another unofficial band member and everybody agreed yo let's fucking double down like it's it is the middle let's think positive instead of oh we can't tour nobody can practice nothing's going on like yo leveled fucking playing field like nobody could do shit let's figure out a way to do some shit as well as the day the door is open let's fucking blast off like let's have our shit together and everybody was like yo that's the only way to go and i knew that's what i wanted to do because i'm not only stubborn i'm like too stupid for my own good you know like i'm older than everybody else so i never should have started another band to begin with um (laughs) all these things so it was the only logical (laughs) extinction ad thing decision to just double down so it was like all right let's write new songs Let's record them remotely. Um, let's come up with an idea to do a video. And then maybe we'll just put out a digital thing. We'll kind of see what's going on. Um, we had spoke, Parker, you and I and Mazella had spoke about doing the Extinction AD Anoint the Sick. Yeah, yep. Uh, Sepultura slash new song by each of us. Yes. Uh, split. So we're like, that, that'll be fun. Um. So we're like, let's let's just get, let's fucking get it together. Um, so we did, and we wrote songs remotely, and we recorded songs remotely, and we came up with the idea for the collusion video. And like I said, we knew we wanted to do something different than let's just get into a dark room, maybe come up with some sort of narrative that is so easy you can't not understand it, but it's also so easy that it's kind of like 
blah-ish. Now, I don't mean to talk bad about our other videos prior that fall into that category, but we had done it a million times. Like, how many more videos could we have where I get covered in something weird? Oh, I'm covered in blood. I'm covered in oil. Someone threw powder on me, which, you know, we did that again also. Well, but, yeah. uh, which I will bring up next for sure. <laughs> so we said, wouldn't it be cool to do some type of like a uh, chase scene where, you know, it's the four of us fucking around in the van. And then the ideas come, you know, spewing out. And we're like, it's going to be so low budget. We have to embrace that because yeah. that's part of the joke. And the thing is, all our videos are so serious. All our lyrics are so serious. Our music is so serious. Personally, when we're just fucking around, we're not serious. Like, that's where we put all our seriousness. Like, yo, let's put that humor into a video, which is like on brand for us, but nobody had seen before. No, yeah. But if they, if they watch like, you know, the YouTube channel, which it's go time, you assholes and shit like that. Like you, you definitely like see that vibe where you're like, oh, yeah, no, these guys are complete fucking <clears throat> like nonstop joking. Uh, but that video in particular, like collusion is just one of the best like local videos I've ever seen. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just because it's just it's ridiculous. And I, I loved it because like you embraced that low budget, that DIY part of it. And I love, you know, for someone that still makes videos, too, it's like, you know, like I'm tired, like they're awkward to do, man. They're very awkward to do. Like the last one we just did with our, you know, Sean King, you know, Sean, right? Yep. Yeah. So he like, and we're sitting on the couch and like, I'm singing, like I'm lip syncing, like it's a, after a while, I'm like, ah, I'm like, so the idea for our next video was to get like doppelgangers for the band that look nothing like us. <laughs> and then after like, let them do everything. And then after the video, they would just pan to the band and they'd be like, is that cool? And we would just be like, just give the thumbs up and be like, yes, that's good. Dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So we're, we're going to do that. But um, all right. So let me go to the next one. So Mastic, shout out to Mastic for all uh, Suffolk fans. <laughs> yeah. what, a, uh, what, what a great I title. I what that. a great title for, for anyone that knows Mastic. Uh, and also, was that real cocaine that you were covered in? <laughs> <laughs> is that why you're no, so man, angry? I'm no, no, I'm straight edge still. No, obviously. I've never done. I've never done steroids, dude. When we, when we were in um, Dallas, <laughs> we were playing a show, and we do this new. I, keep this so, so short. I talk about this constantly. We do this new like push-up circle pit thing in the middle of our stage. Yes, because I love that. Anyway, I'm doing that in Dallas, and some guys like I don't want to do push-ups, and I'm like, Hey, pussy, do push-ups, and. Same thing, joke, 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 joke. Sometimes people don't get the humor. So he got like a little <clears throat> upset and he's like, oh, you're yelling at me? You're not all natty. And he's doing the whole like um, uh, fucking needle in the arm thing. Oh, wow. And I thought it was so funny. I was like, yo, this dude thinks I'm on steroids. I'm straight edge, I'm 41. But I was like, hey man, I appreciate that you think I'm on steroids. That means that like I'm good at curling and stuff. Um, <laughs> Yes. The workout, not the Olympic sport. Yeah. <laughs> but then that that guy actually won the push-up contest that night, and we were bullshitting after the show, and he was like, um, "Like, oh man, I hope you I hope you're not mad at me." I was like, "Dude, first off, I'm mad at everyone, but secondly, you're the coolest one here, and this was a lot of fun, and I'm just fucking around. Everyone's fucking around, yada yada." Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah. So no, wasn't wasn't real cocaine. Wasn't real cocaine. But <laughs> but like so where, like uh, I mean, just just like the title of it and stuff like that. So like, what do you remember about making that video? Which was uh, pretty straightforward, right? It was just like you guys like in in a dark room with some lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same thing. We knew we had a small budget, um, but we had a little bit of a budget. But we used that budget to hire another friend of ours, but who does videos for a living. So it would be real easy to like, he's going to light it well and edit it really well. And he's also going to get it done really quick because we've never done anything with more than like 48 hours notice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dude, delivering the masters for this record, delivering the artwork, delivering this video was all done like within three hours of deadline every time. Mm. But so it was like, what could we come up with quick? Uh, what could we figure out? And I said, what I really want to do is I want to, we knew we we're going to have to do just kind of very performance based. So we'll play, but I want to have very specific camera shots. So little intermixes of us looking all like, um, like decrepit and fucking like all fucked out would flash from the looking, you know, like we just showered and we're playing a song. And then as the video goes on, it gets more and more. So that was my initial video. So like, ah, we start off like regular dudes and we end off like fucking zombies. Uh, Anybody who lives in Mastin. Perfect analogy for Mastin. Yeah, but he's like, okay, so I have this idea and you know, he's a videographer and it's, Turned into more of, um, you know, we're uh, going through this uh, dilapidation of humanity throughout the video and, you know, our skin's turning to ash and everything. And, you know, it's very basic, but like, this will be cool visually. And I mean, it's always a lot of fun just doing videos, playing around with some type of uh, substance that you could like <clears throat> splash around or like stomp around and get smoke with and everything. And, um, you know, the more we're bouncing around or smashing around and, you know, the, the, the like ash and the smoke is flying everywhere. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to do that shit in slow motion. I'm going to do some stuff in black and white. I was like, all right, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Um, because we even thought about, like, do we almost make this video like a pseudo welcome to Mastic? Almost trying to make it like you're selling Mastic as a tourist spot, even though it's uh, like the civilized Afghanistan. But we didn't have the time time for it. And then I was also like, I don't know if I want to do two silly videos in a row. Um, We could always go back and do another one. Uh, But this that was that was it. But I mean, as far as the song, I had always wanted to write a song called Mastic and special and essentially write a song lyrically about when I moved to Mastic, why I moved to Mastic, my time in Mastic, and then when I left Mastic without being like on the nose, literal, you know, I I am not a rapper, even though I like to pretend like I am sometimes. So I write differently. Um, So once the music was written for, once the music was written, I was like, yo, this is finally the time. I'm I'm just going to do it. Um, And I also, I was sick of, so we have written 10 songs, recorded 10 songs. And then before the record came out, I said, yo, let's ditch three songs and put three new ones on. So again, had to rush into the studio, re-record some songs. I also wanted to 
get away from every song on the record being like, this is an event that happened uh, either a long time ago in history or, you know, decades ago in history, or this is what we're going through now. And here's my response to, you know, the social event. I don't want all 10 songs to be that. I was like, I want to do something a bit more, you know, personal, like fucking I'm James Hetfield on the black album. You know, I want to talk about my childhood. Well, we're, we're going to get, we're going to get to the black album yeah. in a second. But uh, I was like, you know, all kidding aside, I was like, I, I've been wanting to write a song about my experience living in Mastic and, and all that shit, as well as um, just naming a song Mastic is so like, yo, you can't actually do that. That's ridiculous. I was like, I know, and I'm ridiculous. So I'm yeah. doing it. Um, <laughs> I, na- I named the song Selden about- <clears throat> a while ago, by the way. Did you? Yeah, I did. The coolest part about that is uh, one of my best friends, Bill Ryan, who I lived in Mastic with, got a job at Apple Music. And his job is to take songs and make sure the lyrics are the right lyrics for when they do their uh, scrolling lyric thing through Apple Music. And he was put on our album. So I said, dude, this is crazy. Like, I'm about to go on another tour. So I'm about to start uh, month two of seven months of touring on a new album on this label that's the biggest label that extinct jd's ever been on we're about to tour with real bands like we feel like a real real band and my best friend who's now living in texas working for apple music is in charge of making sure people know the proper lyrics to the song mastic and we live there together i was like you we're both still pathetic losers, but yeah. if this w- if this was a movie, yes. this would be the end of the this movie. This would be the end <laughs> credits, yeah. We both made Full it, and the name of the movie would be called Mastic. Yeah, man, the universe sometimes is, uh, for someone who's not religious like me, sometimes the universe is weird with shit like that. So Can, uh, can, I, can I touch on the album a little bit? I, yeah. I have a c- couple yeah. of things. That, so I listened to this thing back-to-back twice again yesterday it's not like the, the first time i listened to it and you know, i listened to it a bunch of times so culture of violence opening track hits you like a fucking ton of bricks and really sets the tone for this album which i love you know it's almost like uh like exhausting like that first like two minutes of the song you're just like holy shit if they're gonna if they're gonna start with this like i'm excited to see where where we're gonna go with this Praise the fraud, the opening solo and the middle section, that talking section. I'm all about that. That was like very like testament to me. Like I was really a fan of that. 1992, I know that Sam mentioned earlier, has one of the best breakdowns I've ever heard, you know, coming from a hardcore kid who still loves metal. One of the best, you know, breakdowns. My favorite. uh, What a great title. But I have stuff to say about the song too. Star Strangled Banner. What a great fucking title <laughs> it is. And, you know, amazing name and probably probably my favorite arrangement song wise on the album and uh, touching on, you know, I know it was on the EP, but that propaganda cover. I listened to that and my fucking jaw still hits the ground. <laughs> I've never like I've never heard a band play that song that well. That isn't Sepultura. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, <laughs> and, and you, know, you and the, you you know you love yeah, that album. Yeah, yep. and I mean, like, the reason why I've supported Extinction AD, the what reason why I will continue to supporting Extinction AD is there's so many factors like the musicianship, like this band, and all three of us have said this can go toe to toe with these bigger bands. 
And you, you've talked about it these past couple of tours, like you're touring with these bigger bands. Now you're not afraid, you know, to hit the stage and, you know, put your money where your mouth is in so many turns. And, you know, I'm just happy that you guys are finally hitting it. And I'm just real excited to see where you guys are going to go next. Thanks, man. Me too. And I'm, I'm, so flattered whenever anybody listens to our stuff but especially like oh i listen to it and i really like it that's plenty for me when someone's like i really like it and here's why because it's like oh so you actually listen listen and it yeah. was more than just kind of like oh cool some like metal um <laughs> <laughs> which i'm i'm excited if people even do that but for people to listen to the record and like people like reviewing this record and like tweeting about it without me like hey did you hear our record what do you think about it um which hopefully i would never actually do that but uh it's uh it's so cool for people to dive into it and i like this aspect i like that aspect i like this um it's more so on this record than any other because i feel like we actually set, found our sound on this record more than hey, we're not embarrassed to put our influences on our sleeve. Like we never have been, we still aren't. But I didn't think it at the time, but now looking back in comparative to this album, maybe our past albums were almost too much of that. But it was like, that's just what we were, that's what we put out at the time. You know, it wasn't a conscious decision to do or not to do that. But by doing that, we found our own sound. And now on this record, I feel like it stands out more where praise the fraud and say like, Oh, it's, it's Testament ish. Like, Oh dude, it's so, so much. So, and dude, I love, and Ian, the other guitar player, we love Testament as a whole, but especially the album low so much. Big fan, big fan that we started saying, yeah. let's, let's give C sharp tuning a try. And now oh, we're wow. both obsessed yeah, with yeah. C sharp tuning. C sharp's a but good one. Wow. Even like, man, eh, Let's do a clean part and I'll like sing over it. It's like, yeah. you can't sing. Like I know, but I'll try it anyway. <laughs> I'll just do my best and I'll have fun with it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> things that we were never afraid of prior, but we just really embraced more like, Hey, we'll put three guitar solos in a song if we want or zero or even song structure. I've never been, but more so than ever, I am never ever afraid of pop song structure. Eh. intro verse pre-chorus chorus, chorus uh yeah. verse pre-chorus chorus guitar solo yeah throw another fucking chorus in there uh you know i really don't think that we you know did enough like car crashing let's throw a breakdown in and get the fuck out of here at 3 30 like yeah 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 that's great um so the last two things i wanted to touch on um uh, as far as video was obviously 1992 uh thematically especially since the 30 year anniversary just was yesterday i believe of uh you know the riots um what made you want to write that song especially um i mean yeah like did you were you aware that it was going to be like a 30-year thing you know it's it was just an interesting uh lyrical thing um uh, i wasn't aware of the anniversary at all because i wrote that song lyrically Prob if memory serves, um, 2019. Okay. Um, so, I mean, forever, but especially since 2016, America really decided, 
hey, instead of just having this fucking ugly face, let's show it and be unabashed about it more and more and more. So I'm writing about that. I'm paying attention to that. You know, um, anywhere you live on Long Island now, you're probably seeing that, but especially where I was living um, at the time, you know, living in Medford at that time, which, you know, became Redneck Central. Um, and then moving to Huntington, right on the border of Huntington, Huntington Station, which is like, most people don't even know where that border is because they don't understand how close um, the Latino spot of Huntington starts and the uppity white area starts. But there's such a divide in um, mindset there that it's like, yo, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Like, those are your fucking neighbors. So seeing this divide and writing about it and absorbing it, eventually you draw the comparisons of what was, you know, um, present day to past day. And I said, I'm 41, so I was 11 and 12 in 1992. So a lot of my um, frame of reference of things is late 80s, early 90s. Those are like my formative yeah. years. Yep. So looking back on parallels of what's going on in America in you know, 2016, 17, 18, you know, 19, and then what was going on in the early 90s, specifically 1992, and then going back in how I absorbed that information in 92 and how I interpret it in current day um that was all fascinating to me um so then you know i just start writing notes the way you normally write lyrics is like i'll be thinking about a topic especially if i'm driving um your mind wanders and you just kind of think and think and think and like a line will come into my head and i'll just write a line on my phone or like a topic or sometimes something comes up and it just spews a train of thought where i'll just hit like um talk text or Siri, whatever the fuck in my notes app. And I'll just talk as if I'm talking to somebody just to get like a paragraph of a train of thought out and I'll revisit it later, you know, uh, lyrically and topically. So that's what I did with that song. And same thing, it's always all the music first or most of the music first and then the lyrics. And then if I know I have a couple of different topics I want to hit on, the music kind of tells me already. This song is about this. And 1992 was about that topic, even though I didn't bridge it together. And once I started sitting down and writing to that song, it was just like, I said, everything came out, how I absorbed the year then and how I look back on it now and drawing those uh, parallels. Um, yeah, that's great. It, yeah, you're able to... You know, not not a lot of people are able to like tap into things like that. You know, I know uh, my my least favorite part of writing songs is writing lyrics, because if they don't automatically come out, you like there's some songs are like I could write them real quick. And then, you know, other songs, I write a verse and I'm like, now, what am I going to say on the second verse? <laughs> you know, yeah, dude, it's it's a laborious task, but the payoff is when it's done. Yeah. Like writing that last line. And knowing I might have to go back and fix a thing here and there, but like, I feel good about this and not just getting it out. Like, of course, getting it out is great, you know, um, but having a completed piece is like, oh man, like fucking finally. Um, 
you know, it's kind of one of those things like the amount of time you put into it pays off in the end. Um, did I always get like that when I would spend all day working on a specific song? And I'm like, oh man, I skipped my workout today. It's like, yo, you could skip a workout one day knowing you will have this song for yeah. the rest of your life. And it's funny because I, a couple of specific songs from Extinction AD and This Is Hell, whenever I hear it, I think about that specifically. Like, oh, I remember the workout that I missed to write this song. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm so glad I did it. It's, it's like how Axel must have felt after he wrote the lyrics to Get in the Ring, you know? Ah. It's, it's how like, Axel must have felt when he finally put out Chinese Democracy. Yeah. Like, it was worth giving up 15 <laughs> years of my life for this fucking pile of shit. Um, all right. So then the last video before we get to some fun questions and wrap it up. Um, a culture of violence, you know, where you don't play guitar. I thought that was interesting, too. So what, what was that conscious uh, decision there? And then also... Like one of the coolest fucking solos that Ian does on any song is I think on that one for sure. Dude, when he, so Ian wrote musically that entire song. Okay. There was um, editing like Lars style. Um, well, what I do is yeah. I'm, a big, I'm a big arrangement <laughs> guy. So yeah. give me 50% of the publishing. <laughs> Um, so Ian wrote that song in full and then I larged it a bit, which in all actuality, I didn't even have to say that I could have kept that to myself. Ian wrote this entire song. So he sends it to me the first time, like full demo. And he's like, okay, here it is. And I remember listening. And when it gets to that long, yeah. lead, no rhythm guitar, no rhythm just, guitar, just if bass and drums and him noodling. And I said, who the fuck do you think you are? And I am so glad you are that person. Yeah. Because it's so cool. It's so different for us. Yes. Um, and I even, you know, from the very beginning, I was like, first off, I have no idea how I'm going to sing and play this song at the same time. Same thing I say for a lot of these songs, but especially when Ian writes a song, because I don't right. pay, I don't pay attention to that when I'm writing a song to begin with, because I mean, I know I've spoken to you guys about this before about how it's like a bullshit way of going into writing a song. Like, oh, I'll write the easy part so I can sing over it. But at the same time, Ian is better than I am. So something that's simple for him is going to be hard for me to begin with. So he's like, oh, I wrote like an easy verse thing for you to sing over. It's like, no, the fuck you didn't. <laughs> but that was my first thought. And then, you know, finally I put the lyrics over it and all this shit. When we go to do the video, we knew we had to do, because like I said, um, time and budget and all this shit, we knew we had to do a performance video. Like, how can we make it work and be different and still cool? So location was a thing. Lighting was a thing. All this stuff. I said, you know what? I don't play for like, what, 25 seconds of this entire song anyway. And I'm also like, I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, I don't fucking even feel like playing guitar anymore. We had just done so much touring. We're about to go back out on tour like i literally just don't feel like it guess what i'm not bringing my guitar and i'm not playing it <laughs> so at that point um i mean no spoiler probably to anybody who's seen it that's listening to the show and if i am spoiling it and ruining the video then that's just what i'm doing um yo the i'm broken video is so cool like let's do our version of that and i was like well now i'm definitely not playing guitar yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fucking sing and it's funny because Ian was so against it, even to the fact that when um, he showed up for the video, he's like, um, 
you're really not going to play guitar. I was like, look around at all the gear. Do you see my guitar? And, you know, I did bring my guitar just in case, but I hit it so I could, you know, make it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, dude, it, it was it was as simple as that. Like, eh, this is probably the most Pantera song on the record anyway. We're, you know, having fun on this Pantera trip right now. I really don't feel like, you know, pretending to play guitar uh, for another fucking video. And it'll just be fun. It'll be able to do something different. Um, plus... I can't stand whenever we do videos, I don't fake sing because I know when I fake sing, it looks like I'm fake singing and I know probably nobody gives a shit, but I give a shit. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, soldiers this the entire time and just blow my voice out all day, which I did. And it was so much fun. Um, yeah. It was, it was seriously just as basic as it comes. Hey, let's set up in a semicircle and just play this song over and over again. So we play to a click all the time anyway so we didn't even have to play to playback we just played the song over and over and over oh and over god. again that's crazy wow that's pretty good yeah it was, I just, it, was, it was a lot of fun i hate the click and i just spent monday and thursday recording to a click and i was like fuck you click uh no, cool. dude i i hate not playing i know the click at this point i'm, I'm no. such a snob about it i'm like i could tell that the tempo is different there <laughs> yeah yeah like well the drummer that we used on this recording like he's like i can't play not to a click he's like i don't know how you guys mm. and i'm like all right whatever uh cool so let's do a couple of fun questions i know like uh you know you wanted to talk to parker about his fucking paul bostaff uh dave lombardo comments so i'm, I'm gonna let you have the floor <laughs> right did what, you say what, i remember but i don't remember what the schism was i think uh, we, oh, well, we were talking about i think it was it was like a big four episode and i think i was doing my favorite slayer albums and yeah divine intervention is still my favorite slayer album and uh, not gonna argue with you yeah there. it's not my favorite but yeah. i will physically fight someone over defamation with that record yeah with me with that opening i think it's the opening track and just i was like this fucking guy sounds it does he sounds it sounds like a machine and okay, I remember so we were on the same page with this. That's what it was. Yeah. Because go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, and I remember <laughs> I'm still waiting for my uh, for my letter back from Modern Drummer because I sent them a the question, I think, in 94 <laughs> asking, asking after Paul this Bo episode. Yeah. Asking Paul Bostaff if he could, you know, please, you know, send me tablatures of, the, of, uh, of that song. <laughs> Not that I could even fucking read it because I can't even fucking read music. So wouldn't have went far anyway. But uh I, I just think that the drumming on that album is just like insane, like to the point where like it almost sounds like it's got like different time signatures because like the drums like overlap like Kerry King's guitars and like it's just mind blowing that fucking that album. So we spoke about this in depth on the YouTube show slash yeah. podcast that we're doing right now. Uh, I think it's crazy. Hmm. I think it's crazy of anybody within my age bracket, okay, to speak ill of divine intervention. Now, mm. I do understand it's not, well, you know, I'll take divine intervention over at Hell Awaits any day of the week. Me too. Personally. Same hair. Same hair. Watching my pearls. 
Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I, it, I know it's it's not Hellawaits through Seasons of the Abyss. Yeah. It is different Slayer, but I yeah. never took it as different like, oh, what are they doing? If any of that, it was, okay, we did all of that. Other bands tried to do all of that. It's the 90s. We have a new drummer. Let's come out the gate. Now, I don't think Lombardo is incapable of doing anything that Bostaff is capable of doing. That being said, Lombardo did not do the extremity to the extent yeah. that Bostaff did up until that point. Yes. And uh... sonically, Slayer sounded one way. I mean, like um, <clears throat> production wise. It was production. I think that was the big difference. For yeah. Up till seasons. And then, yo, there's a big gap, man. That's 90 to 94. Yep. yep. You know, uh... in. Um, technology and recording and even just in the way metal changed in those couple of years it might as well be it probably changed more than metal has changed in the past 20 years yeah. in that four-year thing and that's not a knock it's just the, the nature of the beast mm -hmm. the difference between 1990 metal and 94 metal is definitely more different than 2022 metal and say like 2012 metal and i know that's 10 difference not uh 20 different like i just said but coming out the gate, oh, everyone's sad. We have a new drummer. Press press play. Yeah. Like that guitar sound. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sounds like a fucking elephant driving 20 motorcycles. That <laughs> drum sound, seriously, it's as machine-like as it can get while still being unmistakably human. And then those time signature changes across yes, that entire yep. album, like, oh, Slayer can do this now. Like, mm -hmm. fuck yes, Slayer can do this now. Vocally, Tom Araya, like, I don't want to say he invented what he does, but so signature, okay? Um, often imitated, but even just the timbre of his voice is, like, impossible uh, to impersonate. What are you going to do to make this different? Oh, I'm going to start fucking screaming like I am, in fact, a murderer instead of just singing about murderers. And guess what? I'm fucking convinced. He sounds like a fucking homicidal maniac vocally on that record. And Kerry King and Jeff Hanneman, the best two guitar players ever who don't know how to play guitar, take... <laughs> That's, that's pretty valid. You sound like my guitar teacher. Yeah. And they take, that, <laughs> they take that to a... An entire new level, dude. That is, you know what? To me, that is the most violent Slayer record that exists. I I'll give you that one, especially since like I I'm not like I don't love it. Like I'm more of a Seasons guy. I think Seasons was like my last masterpiece. But Seasons yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, my favorite for sure because it it showcases everything from War Ensemble to the title track. But when I heard Divine Intervention, I was like, it was like a fucking like a speeding train i'm like whoa plus like, i think it's i think it's best of both worlds because like lombardo leaves and like i'm a big grip incorporated fanatic guy like that that first album like i don't know if you know if lombardo was just like well now i gotta one up this fucking guy that's gonna take my job and like you hear the drumming on you know that grip incorporated album. you're like wow this is fucking drumming man like this guy didn't miss a beat so like i think it's almost like you gained another great album by him leaving with Bo Staff, you know, stepped up into Slayer. I think it's also like, you know, I'm older than you guys. I'm 49 now. So like when like Rain and Blood came out when I was in high school, like that, we had never, that was like, 
nothing that, that, you ever heard. That was, was divine forced. intervention. It was like a yeah. 30 minute punch in the face. Right. So like that, that, and, and Lombardo was like, um, to the drums, like what Eddie Van Halen came and like did to the guitar Lombardo, not exactly, obviously, but what, uh, with double bass and stuff, even a Hoogland and guy, other guys, but as far as really putting a stamp on that blast beat and kind of shit, he was the shit, you know? So you kind of, he was your guy, you know? I don't disagree with anything you said. And even though I'm, you know, like I said, going to bat for divine intervention, Lombardo is my favorite drummer of all, not even just in Slayer and not even just in metal as far as, you know, percussion. Because I think Lombardo is a musician that plays drums. Mm. And that's like, that doesn't exist. It's a bunch of fucking idiots who, um, you know, would bang their uh what the like your your spork when you're a child you bang it on your high chair you just grow up and you want to do that now and you know somebody like oh i need someone to keep the beat um sorry parker that's all right man hey <laughs> hey that, that, that's what yeah. that's, that's what glenn danzig said when he got him for the misfits yeah <laughs> but uh <coughs> you know seasons is my favorite yeah. slayer but i've gone back and forth um it was rain and blood for so long, but seasons was my first Slayer album. Me then too. it was rain and blood. So it was always seasons. Then rain. no, actually it was seasons divine then rain, mm. but I always liked rain and blood more. But the thing is, I would say divine's probably my fourth favorite Slayer, but I mean, if any other album getting in that Slayer realm to me, is really really difficult uh and i know uh divining the Regent just gets a lot of uh flack so i i'm like overly aggressive about it sometimes wow. to people hey just I, because i i put divine in with the first wave of slayer that's all one thing if i'm like oh man i'm listening to slayer all day on like a long drive i'm starting at hell awaits and i'm going all the way to divine and that's when i decide do i want to stick with this and go into diabolus because i just you know my brain won't let me skip Plus, I, I like Diabolus. Yeah, I was, I, I was going to say, me too. Like, it's got its moments. It's got its yeah. moments. I, I don't yeah. even yeah. think Diabolus is as off as people think. Now, that is also through 2022 eyes. When Diabolus first came out, I was same thing. Throw your hands in the air like, oh, them too? Come on, <laughs> ah. man. What the fuck? So I get it. I totally, totally get it. Um, uh, But, hey, there it is. I just rambled again now, over it. Now, you uh, said that uh, Lombardo's your favorite drummer, and as an uber Metallica fan, you must have seen that. How awesome is that footage of him playing battery with those oh, guys dude. in that concert? Insane. Did I did I talk last time on this no. show about <laughs> that so. guy who um, does like Band X in the style of Band Y? No, but I, I've I know seen that some yeah. channels yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. so somebody did uh, spit out the bone. The last track from yep, yep. Uh, Hardwired said spit out the bone in the style of Slayer. And it's little tiny things of just like um, making things a little more minor. He sings it like Tom Araya. The lead is a bit more Slayer. And man, that version of that song. And I, I'm sorry, Metallica, who's listening right now. That, <laughs> that version of that Always. song is my favorite song from Hardwired to Self-Destruct. <laughs> so once, uh, dude, I think one of you guys posted the lombardo playing battery because i had never seen it i posted um, at least a couple of times a year because nah. i want to make sure everyone i know has seen it because it's so <laughs> great nah. dude seeing and listening to that 
and not getting a full set of that yeah. is like uh. blue ball central. It's the way it should have been played, you know? And uh, I love uh, Lars, the biggest Lars apologist in yeah, the world. Totally. Man. Same hair, yeah. Totally, but you can tell like when they're playing it. You get that vibe where like, holy shit, this yeah. this thing's ripping right now. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I said like Kirk, like, oh shit. And I think I think you know, Testament picking up Lombardo was was obviously a very wise move. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, Testament low earlier, like crushing drums on that. Like John Tempesta played on that. Like I, I'll never forget this. Like crushing drums on low, you know, Testament. Then he joins White Zombie, you know, nothing against White Zombie, you know, but I'm just like, what the fuck just happened there? Like you were playing these great drums. Now you're playing to like electronics and shit. But I mean, and, uh, and, and helmet later on. Yeah. Um, but I think Lombardo is, you know, n- now you got four out of the five, you know, core members, you know, of Testament. You're never going to get fucking Louis Clemente back, you know, the original fucking drummer. Um, not that you would probably want him back. I don't even know um Lombardo, Lombardo I think was you know if Hoagland wasn't gonna do it Lombardo was you know that, that's the man right there you know what I wish I prefer Murphy to Skolnick oh okay okay yeah. and I was always a little on the fence about that because low is my favorite album but I mean mm. Skolnick is Skolnick but yeah. once Skolnick went on the internet to tell everybody that he was so offended that Will Smith battered and assaulted Chris Rock said yo man what did he you you are one bitch pussy you're yeah. in a metal band and you're supposed to be uh, someone I want to be friends with, and that is embarrassing interneting. So you know what? Now it's official. I like Murphy way better. Nice. There oh, we go. Bad. There we go. <laughs> Battered and assaulted. Jesus. Uh, Dude, Anytime, what any- kind of bitch language is that? He went up there and slapped them, and it probably wasn't even it. real. It but was it doesn't Judd, matter. Judd Apatow tweeted that he could have killed him. <laughs> I swear to God, and then I'm, deleted it later because it was like, "What? Come I'm, on, bro!" I'm thinking, like, have you guys never seen somebody get the shit beat out of them? Because it <laughs> looked nothing remotely like my mom hit me like that once. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm like, you know, like open hand for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, so I, I know Langan has a question that I think we're gonna we're gonna finish with. But I want to ask you: Give me five wrestlers you think would be good in the UFC. Oh boy. Um actually good. Does it have to be uh modern wrestlers? No. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh Chief J Strongbow. <laughs> <laughs> um there are some crazy Chief J Strongbow stories. Um a lot of them around uh <laughs> drinking and running like uh 28 miles in a day on a dare. Was he wow. really Indian? Although, actually, I think that was Wahoo McDaniel, not Chief J. Strongbow. Mm. Um, Wahoo McDaniel was, uh, he might have been Native American, but Chief J. Strongbow was Italian. But um, Oh, number wow. One, was he really? Yeah. Number Jeez. one would be Haku. Do you guys remember Haku? Yeah, oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. The Islanders. Okay. So yeah. there's, oh, there's, nice. There's stories of Haku's real-life um, fights. Uh, one of those fights and this is all hearsay of hearsay of hearsay podcasts and shit. He got into a fight with a guy at a bar who he, the guy at the bar was pushing him, pushing him. He was like, Oh no, 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 it's leave me alone. And the guy really tried to, you know, got in his face and like he pushed him physically. So Haku put his hand in the guy's mouth, ripped down and ripped out two of his teeth. Wow. That's okay. Awesome. So Haku, right. uh, is number one, uh, number two, 
I'm going to go Ultimate Warrior um, because after he's put in, you know, um, like an inescapable triangle or something, he's going to, you know, he'll shake the cage and all of a sudden, you know, he's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go number three, Adam Bomb. Nice. Um, I don't know who that not, is. Okay, well, I just bought this toy of Adam Bomb. Yeah. Yesterday. And uh, he's from. How do you know? He's from Mile <laughs> Island. Was he so, like um, a WWF guy or like another guy? He was a WWF guy, and he was radioactive. So um, that's he had, how the, he had those win. those the contacts, right? Like the yellow yeah. contacts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's number three. Okay, my number two and three were stupid. So let me think uh, <laughs> for real. Number four again. Uh, Paul Orndorff. Oh yeah, which, Mr. Uh, one, Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Yeah. Paul Orndorff. Do you guys know uh, Vader? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Vader, really big guy, super intimidating, um, badass in and out of the ring, but especially in the ring. He was mouthing off to Paul Orndorff once in uh, 94 or 95. So Vader's still, you know, uh, a big deal guy and uh, 350, 400 pounds. Paul Orndorff, we all know Paul Orndorff, but in uh, mid-90s really suffering from uh his neck injury you know his arms atrophied to fuck he got into an argument with him in his underwear and his sandals because he just got out of the shower knocked out vader with his left arm um his good arm which wasn't you know his uh his right arm was his good arm that was the atrophied one so his weak arm he knocked him out in the locker room wow so paul orndorff would be number four i loved paul orndorff let me think of somebody modern day. Um, okay. So the NXT champion right now is a guy named Bron Breaker. Um, Bronson Rex Steiner. He is the son of Rick Steiner and the nephew of Scott Steiner. Uh, I know he was a college, like a legit college wrestler brought up um, through the tournaments and all this shit. And, um, you know, there's only so much you could do in amateur wrestling, especially when you have two famous family members. So he went, he just started in WWE. So I don't know if he's like a legit badass, but I mean, he looks cool as hell and I probably wouldn't want to fight him. Okay, cool. Um, top three, uh, energy drink flavors. Flavors. Number one, monster rehab. Number two, rain, cherry, limeade. And <laughs> that sounds good. Number three, the unfortunate, heartbreaking, discontinued, sugar-free Red Bull crisp pear. Dude, I found six of them like four months after they were discontinued in like um, a gas station slash bodega in Huntington Station. Um, this is how like fucking alcoholic I am with Red Bulls. I go in there and I see they have the Red Bull thing. And I was like, at this point, I, I knew they were discontinued, but I, I didn't give up. I was like, I'm just going to like search through the whole bin. And I saw six of them in there. I was like, oh my God. And I take out four. It was like um, two for $5. I take out four. I was like, yo, do you have any more of these aside from the two in there? And I'm like broke. So I didn't want to buy all six. So dumb knowing I'm going to go back and get them anyway. So I get the four and the guy's like, oh no, these, these are old. I was like, you're not going to get any more. He's like, no, it discontinued. I was like, yeah, I know. I looked on the internet. He's like, Hey, I don't care. Give me your money. So I yeah. bought the four <laughs> and I'm like hoarding them. Like I took like 
a week and a half to drink these four, which is like crazy for me because I drink like at least one, most of the time two energy a day because I'm just so old. And I, I probably did the thing that you do with steroids when you take so many steroids that like um, you need to do more and more and more like uh, those drug commercials. Yeah, like Sometimes your tolerance I, gets hot. I, I stopped taking drugs to feel good and I started to take them to not feel bad. That's how I am with energy drinks. So rationing these for like a week and a half was crazy. I was like, yo, what am I doing? I need to go back and get those last two before somebody else does. So I did. <laughs> and I held off on those two for like a fucking month. Hey, that's my number three. Incapable right. of short answers. No, no, uh, no coconut flavor. I know you guys, oh, brought, you guys got the coconut flavor over at the, uh, on the show on it's go time asshole. You know why I'm mad at coconut flavor? Because you can't get the sugar free anymore. Not even in target. Yeah. Well, I'll I tell you this I is, can't drink sugar. is, 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 uh, you know, growing up, you know, super Hispanic, like anything coconut was what we fucked with. It didn't matter what it was. If it had rice, we were fucking with it. And if it had coconut, <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't care if it was shampoo. That's the shampoo we're getting with coconut. <laughs> so, uh, and Langan has a really good question for you to close off. Oh, oh okay. Um, we'll do F, Mary kill with James, <laughs> Lars, and Kirk. <laughs> oh, man. It's great to hear that out loud, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh. Dude. I was thinking of trying to think of my answer too last night. I was thinking, I'm like, right, what let, am I let, doing? <laughs> you know, you know what's ridiculous? A question like this, I'm I'm already thinking so hard as if it like actually fucking matters. Yeah. Like, oh, it matters. Can you see all my Metallica toys back here? Yeah, it matters. That's just two of four shelves that you can't see. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to marry Kirk because I mean he's the empathetic one. He is. Um, He'd be the chillest one to live with. Nah. The other yeah, two would yeah. be a handful. Um, Kurt, at, the, at the very least, he wears nail polish. So that the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Kirk is the most drag queen. Yo, I'm like super like obsessed with drag queens lately. Yeah. Um, I'm on well, this uh, like a uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like just binging all of them. So um, Kirk fits in right there, as well as the fact that we both play the same solo like scale. Like, oh, you know anything more than a pentatonic? No. Oh, oh you're gonna play that solo again? Like we already know the one. Yo, throw a wah pedal on it. No one's gonna know the difference. Yo, perfect. You know, and he's like a fucking geek, so we could you know watch um, horror movies and cartoons sure. and read comics. So definitely gonna 100%. marry Kirk. Um, you know what? <laughs> You're obviously going to fuck James um, if for nothing else. What do we always talk about? James, best right hand in metal. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Enough no, no said right there. The jackhammer hand job. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny because, I mean, uh, in some ways, Lars might even be my favorite member of the band because he's he's like such a fucking joke and both of us are like old and five foot tall and never stop talking. But, um, you know, obviously, like um, he's, he's, he's got to go. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, you know, that's what Lombardo's there for. And, you yeah. know, he'd probably be expecting to be killed so <laughs> much because he, he so he, he wouldn't might be a real mind. grateful lover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went the other way. Oh man. All right. Well, listen, that, that wraps said it up. It all. We, we said it all. Uh, Rick, man, thanks for hanging out with us on a Saturday. Yeah. Continued Yo, thank success, you guys. man. I, 
thanks, man. I love hanging out with you guys. I love bullshitting. Um, I love cool questions. And, you know, anytime I get a chance to not just bullshit, but um, do the whole, hey, listen to my band. We're really cool, I promise. I always appreciate it. So hopefully some people will listen to the record again or for the first yeah. time. For sure. Keep blowing up, man. If Bob Rock calls you guys, don't yeah. let him take your solos out and uh, do ballads. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and and don't let him pick your uh, snare sound either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Thanks, guys. Later, man. Later, man.